Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana, and today we're finishing up the series that I have titled Quantum Insights. I've simply been trying to summarize the most important insights I've received from my most influential relationship teachers and tools and gurus and experts that uh, I have come across in my life. These are insights that have produced quantum insights in my life, quantum leaps of growth and self-awareness, allowing me to live and love in a deeper, more conscious way. And I just simply thought that they could do the same for you. So I'm simply... You know, I'm like one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread, (laughs) okay? So that's what this series has been about. And originally, it was going to be a seven-part series. But then around when I was recording parts four or five, it occurred to me that I've left out um, a significant teacher in my life, which is a guy by the name of Sam Harris. Sam Harris uh, is a really interesting dude, and and he really is the focus of today's podcast. I'm going to share an insight that I've learned from him um, that has been just a profound effect on my life. But just a little bit about Sam. Sam's an interesting guy in that he is like a scientist, but he's also into spirituality. And Those two things don't always line up, right? So he's a neuroscientist, got a PhD from UCLA or something like that. And so he's very brilliant guy. I'm sure his IQ is off the charts. Um, So he's really into science and really into scientific process, scientific thought, the scientific method. And yet, he has been someone who has been on a spiritual journey um, of incredible depth. He is a meditation master. Uh, I think he's gone on like three-month silent retreats. Maybe he even did a year-long retreat in India with one of his gurus that he learned from over there. So this guy is kind of an expert in Buddhism and a practitioner of meditation. So he does two basic things with his life. I mean, he is an author. He's written a number of books. And uh, one of one of his books is one of my favorites. The book is called Waking Up. And that's his book on how to have spirituality without religion. 
because he's not a big religion guy. In fact, he's an atheist, right? So, but he maintains, and it's true, that you can be very spiritual, but not necessarily religious or even believing in a God the way Christians do or Muslims do or even Jews do, okay? So that's what I mean about this guy's really interesting. Um, from his science and meditation combination, but also his spirituality without religious con- uh, combination. So it's just fascinating. And a couple of things, other than being an author of a number of books, um, he has a podcast called Making Sense. And so this podcast is more on the scientific side. He He just interviews people and has commentary on all kinds of political things, cultural things, sociological things, things happening in the medical world, the scientific world. It's a fascinating podcast. I recommend it. It's it's good. I follow it and listen to most of his episodes. But then he has something called the Waking Up app. And I wouldn't really call it a podcast, although on the app, he has tons, I mean dozens of interviews where it's like a podcast format where he's interviewing a variety of people on the topic of spiritual growth, personal growth, relationships, meditation, consciousness, and you know all that stuff. In fact, last week's episode when I was sharing about medicine journeys, he has been probably the the most important voice that I learned from in terms of how to do a medicine journey both safely and to get the most spiritual uh, benefit from it. He has done many medicine journeys, although I believe he says he hasn't done them in at least 20 years. But he speaks very authoritatively on how to do them from the, the the best perspective to create spiritual growth. So much of what I shared with you last week, I gleaned from him. There's a few other podcasts and and experts that I relied on for, you know, their wisdom, you know, in the medicine journey issue. Um, so Sam was not the only one, but he was the primary one. In fact, one of his best interviews was with the doctor who is out of Johns Hopkins Medical Center. Uh, I believe that's in Baltimore. He interviewed him and so forth. So on this Waking Up app are a ton of interviews of meditation teachers and spiritual seekers and authors and you know people that are interested in personal growth and waking up. So he has those. But then a lot of the things on the app are just his own commentary, his own teaching on a variety of issues that affect our lives. And part of what I want to do in this podcast is I want to just make this a long advertisement for the Waking Up app. Okay, And let me just tell you right now, the app does cost money. I think it's around $100 a year. Maybe the price has gone up, but you can get it for free. Sam has publicly stated numerous times and still does that he doesn't want money to come in the way of anyone having access to the app. 
So if you write an email to support at wakingup.com and you just ask for a one-year subscription for free, they will give it to you, no questions asked. You don't have to say anything about your finances. You don't have to tell them why you want it for free. You can just say, hey, I heard I can get this app for free if I simply ask for it. And so that's what I'm doing. (laughs) And you'll get it. I do believe this is maybe the best resource in the world right now to support a person's personal growth. It really is probably the primary source of the the primary place through which most of my ongoing spiritual exploration happens. I devour that app. I've listened to hundreds and hundreds of hours of the things he's posting there because he's always adding new stuff. And by the way, he has a number of other very famous, very credentialed, very well-respected, you know, personal growth, spiritual teachers on the app. Like they present their meditation programs, their personal growth programs on his app. Okay. Uh, People like Adi Shanti is on there. I love that guy. I I would listen to anything he has to say. He has uh, Locke Kelly has... Uh, a track on there, right? So this app is so huge. It's got so much on it. Um, in, in my mind, it's just indispensable. If you're serious about growing and living and loving mindfully and consciously, which if you're living, listening to this podcast, you must be because that's what this podcast is all about. Attracting lasting love from a mindful, conscious perspective rather than from, you know, the common or conventional perspectives that you can find on YouTube or other podcasts. This, this, all the perspectives on this podcast are really coming through the lens of a mindful, conscious approach to life. And, and so the waking up app is such a resource for me in my own personal journey that I I really want you to know that you can get it and you can get it for free. And you really should. I mean, there's so much on there. But one of the the coolest things about the app, and I'm going to get to the insight that I've gotten from this app in a minute, but I think one of the coolest things is, you know, we all hear about meditation. We all know that some form of meditation is essential if you want to grow, if you want to evolve, if you want to learn how to quiet your mind and learn how to be less reactive to your emotions and be more present in your life and ultimately to be a better partner. I I really think it would be very difficult to be a really good partner without some kind of meditation practice. I'm not saying it's impossible, right? But the more that you sit and sort of pay attention to yourself and witness your own thoughts and your own emotions and 
and how they come and they go and they really don't mean anything because they come and they go. The more that you grow in your own self-awareness, the better prepared you are to relate with another human being in a positive way. And so one of the cool things about the app is he has a 28-day introductory course. They are 28 days of 10-minute meditations. So they're very short, right? I don't think anybody can't sit there for 10 minutes and listen to what he says and just as best you can do what he says. They're guided meditations. And so it's really great for a beginner, someone who's intimidated by meditation or someone who doesn't know much about it because he just walks you through. You just sit there, sit quietly and as best you can do what he tells you to do. If he says, pay attention to your breath as best you can do that. If he says, notice sensations in your body as best you can do that. Right. So it's very simple. Even, you know, it's so simple. Even a caveman can do it. Okay. And they're just 10 minutes long. So that's not very intimidating and very difficult to do. And so you've got these 28, this 28 day program, by the way, you can skip days. If you miss a day, you just do day two, even though you might've done day one, three days ago, right? So it's not like you have to do them 28 days in a row. It's not like that. It's just a 28 part introductory course, you know, with these 10 minute meditations. But what's really cool is after you finish that, Believe it or not, he uploads a brand new 10-minute meditation every single day. I'm sure he records them weeks at a time, right? You go in the office and I'm going to record 10 meditations today. I don't think he records a meditation every single day and then uploads it, but that doesn't matter. Either way, once you finish the 28-day course, there's a brand new meditation that is there every single day. Now that meditation, you know, I I don't want to say it's more complicated or deeper, but in a sense, those meditations that are uploaded every day, they're sort of being given from the perspective or the assumption that you have done the 28-day course, right? So he does less explaining about things because he's covered that in the 28-day course. So it's just really cool that not only do you have access to all these different teachings on the app and all these different teachers on the app and all of his interviews of other experts on the app, you have this daily meditation that is brand new every day for you. And it's just fantastic. And so I want to encourage you to go to wakingup.com and get the app or go to the app store. You can get it there. But if you go to the app store, you're going to have to pay for it, right? So if you want to get it for free, and I would recommend if you can afford it, pay for it because the guy has bills just like I do and like you do. If you really can't afford it and you really want it, then send an email to support at wakingup.com and they will, I don't know how they do it, but they'll hook you up, okay? So I, I just want to say that now. Before I get into the insight, I, I want to do something that I should do more of this probably if I was 
more concerned about marketing and more concerned about growing my audience, I I would do this. Um, I'm really not. I'm really not that attached to the outcome of this podcast. I I offer these these teachings and these topics just because there's something in me that wants to put it out there into the world. And so I don't post my episodes every week on my social media platforms. I probably should, but I don't. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. Oh my God, I'm so not on TikTok. TikTok. Okay. And and so I don't post them every week and I, I probably should. I do an email every week to tell the people who you know, are sort of following me um, that a new podcast is available. But I, I probably should do more of this. And so can I take a minute to ask you that if you like this podcast, you know, if you've got any benefit from it, it'd be great if you left a rating and a review. That kind of stuff does help. The more five-star ratings and the more reviews a podcast gets, the more the Apple you know, algorithms pay attention to you, the more they promote you all by themselves because the algorithm is going to promote things that people are finding interesting. It just puts it more out and it's like, you guys like this? Well, let's let the world know that people like this, okay? So... If you like it, would you do that? Would you and figure out how to do it? I, I could walk you through it here, but let's not waste time doing that. It's not that hard to to figure out how to leave a rating and a review of a podcast. So please do that. But also, could I ask you if there is a particular episode that you found interesting and that touched you? Would you get the link and you can get that very? You can copy the link of the podcast very easily. Would you share that on your social media platforms for me? I mean, just just say, hey, I like this podcast. I, I learned something out of it and post it on your Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever you use. That would be really – that would be a way to, to help um, because you probably have a tons of followers on your social media. And, you know, if, if just 50 people who – are hearing me ask this, actually post a podcast that they like um, on their social media, I'll bet you my total audience would double in a week. And that would be cool, right? So I'm asking you if you like this to help by rating, review, and posting your favorite podcasts on your social platforms, okay? Then the other thing I want to do is I never really give you a preview of what's coming So today is the eighth part of what was a seven-part series. I extended it because I started noticing, you know, Sam Harris is one of my major teachers and I've learned a lot from him and I I didn't include him in the the seven. So I just made it eight, (laughs) okay? Um, But what's coming after this are a couple of series that I'm, I'm kind of excited about. And the the next one is going to be a five-part series that I'm calling Trigger Warnings, okay? Trigger warning, right? That's a phrase in our world today. You know, it can be used in a snarky way. It can be used in kind of a a sideways anger way. 
to alert people who are sensitive that I'm going to say something that's going to irritate you or something. So trigger warning, right? I don't mean it that way. I'm just using the phrase because we do get triggered and I'm going to speak. When we get triggered, just to give you a little window into what the series is about, when we get triggered, when you look closely at why something bothers you, why something sets you off, makes you angry, makes you scared, get, you know, makes you react in some way. You feel like, uh, you know, you feel some, it bothers you. If you look closely, it looks like on the surface that what was said or what was done or what was happening is causing the trigger. But when you look closely, you'll find out that's not true. It's not it's not the actual action or attitude or incident that is triggering you. It's something underneath it. There is something that you are wanting that you're not getting. And that's really why something is triggering you. It's not so much that that person, oh, you know, I, I know that person. They walked right by me and in the office and didn't even say hello. And, and you think, well, I'm triggered because they didn't notice me or they didn't say hello. It, that's not really the reason why. There's something under it. And the more that we understand the real root of our reactions, then we can work on the you know the root issue and really experience some growth in our lives. If you're not working on the real cause and you leave the root cause undealt with, well, then no transformation ever happens. You follow me? You, you don't become less reactive. You don't become more grounded. You don't become better able to handle all the crap that goes on in our worlds. You, you don't become more centered and more present if you don't work at the root and, and, and if you don't notice the real causes. So this next series is called Trigger Warnings and it's going to be really all about the five core underlying reasons that cause our reactivity and our drama and our upset and that often leads to, you know, all kinds of relationship difficulties. Okay. So that's what's coming is a series called trigger warnings for five weeks. Then after that, I'm going to do a, a three part series. Um, and I'll tell you how this one came about. It's called crisis points. Okay. And it came up because I, I, I bought a new car recently and it was a car that I've had my eye on for a while. Um, it's just kind of a hot little sporty car, right? And so I posted a picture of it on my Facebook page. And because I have a goofy sense of humor, I said, this is a result of my old life crisis. <laughs> you know the phrase, having a midlife crisis, right? And because I'm in my early 60s, you know, I'm like, well, I'm not, I can't really say if I have a crisis, it's midlife anymore. I'm, you know, kind of old, old, old life crisis, right? So I posted a picture of my car and I said, what do you think of my old life crisis? Not a, not a bad way to handle it, right? Not that I'm actually having an, 
an old life crisis, but I was making some fun with it. But it got me thinking about crisis. And it it really started to dawn on me that I've gone through a number of crises in my life. And then I started thinking, you know what? I'll bet you I'm not unusual. So I had something that I might call a young life crisis. I went through a crisis pretty early, like around when I was around 30 years old. And, and I thought, I wonder, I wonder if around between 30, 35, if it's not unusual for someone to go through kind of a crisis in their life a crisis of who, who they are, what they want, where their life is going, what's happening with their life, you know, to, to really go through a dark night of the soul. And the more I thought about that, the more I'm like, oh my God, yes. I don't think my young life crisis was unusual. So that's going to be part one. We're doing a three-part crisis thing. The first one's a young life crisis. Then we're going to talk about the proverbial midlife crisis. I had one of those and perhaps you have. And then part three, I'm going to do an old life crisis podcast. Like when you're 60 and over, there are some crises that come up, right? There are some things that we begin to face, things that we might regret, things that we might experience that can cause a crisis. So I think we can have a kind of a crisis, an emotional crisis, psychological crisis at any time of our lives. But the more I think about it, the more I think around 30 to 35, around 45 to 50, and then maybe over 60, 65, certain things come up. Now, when I first thought about doing this, I thought, oh, well, that will mean a big portion of my audience who's not in some of those age ranges they may tune me out. So maybe I don't want to do a podcast that's segmented that much. But I thought, well, even if you're my age, there may be people in your life, children, grandchildren, friends, their kids who are experiencing a young life crisis and you might be equipped from this podcast on how to help them. Or You might know someone who's going through a midlife crisis and you might learn something. Even if you're 25 listening to this podcast, you might have some perspective, something to share with a person who's going through that. Or you might be 40 years old and know and your parents are going through some sort of crisis, right? And they're in their 70s and facing something and, right? So I kind of thought it might be good for all of us to become aware of some of the common things that can trip us up emotionally and psychologically at various parts of our lives. It can help us. It can prepare us for our inevitable future crises, or it can help us be more present and be more of service to others. Okay. So that's going to be a three-part series called Crisis Points. Okay. All right. So that's kind of what's coming. And I spent almost... 27 minutes, um, giving you a little bit of that, but I I just think it's all important stuff. And now for today's insight, it comes from Sam Harris and it won't take long for me to explain and, but it can produce a quantum leap in your life. 
And if you've hung on this long on the podcast for it, I really appreciate it because you're going to be very much glad that you did. One of the things that I learned from Sam, and it's right on the app, so if you ever get the app, you can listen to it. Um, in fact, I think he touches on it in a couple of places, is the insight I want to share with you is something he calls the last time. The last time. And and what he pointed out, it's so obvious, but yet it never really occurred to me. And that is that there's a last time that you are going to do anything. I mean, there's going to be a last time that you breathe. You're going to take your last breath, right? But he pointed out that there's all these things that we go through in our lives as we grow and age and go from being teenager, I mean, little kids, teenagers and young adults and married and raising kids and whatever. There's all these things that we go through and things that we do that we end up not knowing that this might be the last time that I ever do this or experience this or even talk to this person. There's going to be a last time for everything. And once you once you start to meditate on that, it could send you in a dark direction. You could say, oh my God, the, you know, it could be the last time I ever talk to my parents. You know, perhaps, you know, it's summertime, maybe you visited family, you had a 4th of July thing where you, the whole family was together. And what Sam is saying is that might be the last time you ever get your entire family together. You don't know, right? Perhaps somebody moves away, perhaps something happens, but Right, So he's sort of pointing to this obvious fact that there is going to be a last time for everything you do. And on the surface, you could get sort of depressed by that. You could say, oh my God, yeah, I'm, I guess it could be the last time I ever see my parents when I saw them last month or something like that. But that, that's not the way to go. What, what realizing this last time sort of meditation, this last time insight has done for me is it's made everything more precious to me. It's, it's made me be more present with many things that I do in my life because I've in the back of my mind, I'm like, this might be the last time I ever do X, Y, or Z. So Man, be here now, right? Be present. It's it's sort of brought a richness to my life. So for example, a couple months ago, I played in the Senior PGA Championship. It was held in da- just outside Dallas, Texas, in Frisco, Texas. And it was the 10th major championship I've ever played in. But I played this one recognizing that I don't know, but this could be the last major championship I ever play in. I mean, at some point, I'm not going to be good enough to do that anymore. Now, maybe I have more in the future. I don't know. 
But I played that tournament, you know, focused on what I was doing and wanting to play my best. But I had a very mindful sense all week, man, take it in, Roy. Take all this in. You're treated like an absolute king, right? The whole course is rolling out the red carpet for these players that come in. You're getting free breakfast, free lunch. You have, you know, all the best equipment is there, all the best balls. You're playing on a great course. You're signing autographs. You know, you got crowds of people that have come out and take time off of work to watch you play, right? This is special. And you might never do this ever again in your life. And so it brought a richness to the experience. I played decently, but not well enough to make the cut. Missed the cut by two shots. Um, But, you know, and that bothered me, but not that much. Um, But but it it just brought a richness to it. it. It brought like, man, take it all in. Don't get lost in your own thoughts and your own worries and, you know, just notice everything around you. Make eye contact. Enjoy your playing partners. This could be the last time you ever do this. Okay? Now, I think back to other things in my life. Like, you know, one of the cool things when I had my son, I only had one child, um, my son Eric was never a big sleeper when he was little. Um, And my ex-wife, she was a big sleeper. And so one of the benefits of that is when when he woke up in the middle of the night, you know, he was nine, nine months old, a year old, he'd, he'd wake up and be in his crib or something, crying or whatever. It was me that got up and would take him downstairs and I, I, we had this rocking chair and I would hold him in my arms, this little nine-month-old, this little one-year-old little guy, right? And I would hold him in my arms and I would rock him to sleep and I would sing little songs, which is probably why my son can't sing because (laughs) he was exposed to all that terrible sound. But no, really, I would hold my little boy in my arms and I would sing him little songs and rock him back to sleep. And you know what? There was a last time that I ever did that. And I missed it. I really wasn't aware. Like, you're holding your son right now. He's starting to be able to sleep through the night. He's starting to be able to walk. He he doesn't have a crib anymore. You are not going to rock your son to sleep anymore and sing him a song. This is the last time you're ever going to do it. See, if I knew that, don't you think that that I would have been more present for it? That I would have taken it less for granted? That I... That I would have, it would have been a richer experience, right? There's a last time I ever changed his fucking diaper. Now, at the time, if you would have said, hey, Roy, this is the last diaper you're ever going to change in your life, I might have, you know how it is when you're a young parent, I would have rejoiced at that. But even so, I'd have been happy. I, but I would have known, oh man, this is the last time. And maybe there would have part of me to say, you know, be more present as you're changing. You're never going to do this again, right? There's also, my son now is bigger than me. He's like 6'1", 6'2", right? He's, you know, there was a last time that I ever picked him up and held him in my arms. 
Remember how you, you pick a child up out of their car seat? They're asleep in the car. You pick them up. They might be four or five years old. You know, you know. I don't know. How, how old do you stay in a car seat? Maybe seven, eight, nine. Anyway, your kid could fall asleep in the car on the way home from a trip and you pick him up out of the car seat, right? And you throw him over your shoulder. <laughs> you carry him in and you put him in bed. There was a last time that I ever did that. And it's sort of, it almost chokes me up. It's like, damn, I don't know if I really appreciated that. I don't know. That experience might have been richer. It might have been more meaningful. Had I just had the thought at some point, Roy, you're not going to be able to do this again. Don't bitch about it. Don't bitch about changing a diaper or having to pick the kid up and carry him off the bed. Because, dude, one day he's going to be so big, he's going to pick you up off the floor, right? So think about that. You don't know what life is going to do. And this is the Buddha's teaching of impermanence. Nothing lasts. You're going to see your sister or your brother or your parents for the last time. Someday it's going to be the last time. And you don't know when. Everything you do, you're going to do for the last time. Sam Harris sh- shares an illustration of of this by saying, you know, I haven't gone snow skiing in 20 years. And I don't know what I'll do. Maybe I'll go in the future. But if you'd have told me when I took off my snow skis that I would never ski again, you know, it's by his choice. He just hasn't done it. But if you would have told me, hey, Sam, this is the last time you're ever going to ski, right? What would it have done? Maybe he'd have gone for one more run down the slopes or maybe he would have sat there in gratitude a little bit. It would have brought a richness. This is your last time skiing down a mountain. Be there. Don't take it for granted. Because isn't it true that we take most everything for granted? Oh, yeah, I'm going to see my kid again. Oh, yeah, I'll see my parents again. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to this job again. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be able to work out again. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be able to play golf again. Right? Think about that. There's no guarantees. Now, you don't have to go dark and get scared by this, right? I more suggest that it bring gratitude for the opportunity to do something and that it bring you more into a place of presence that you more richly engage in whatever it is you're doing. Okay? That's one of the insights I've gotten from Sam. And it's it's really made a difference in my life. I mean, there's times when I'm not being morbid, but, you know, I'll, I'll be leaving the house. I'll give my wife a kiss goodbye. And if I'm paying attention, I might just give her a little extra hug or, or just really feel her lips against mine. 
because I don't know if I'm ever going to kiss those lips again. I, I don't, right? I probably will, right? I mean, of course, I'll probably live another day or she'll live another day. You know, I talk to my son on the phone. He lives in Birmingham and I live here in Chicago and I only see him a couple times a year. But we talk on the phone a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I should listen a little better when I talk to him. Maybe I should really want to know, how you doing, son? Right? Maybe. So with this last time perspective, you may, what you're going to find is that you will connect more deeply with everything and everyone around you. You'll just be more engaged. You'll be more present. The whole experience of your life will feel like it goes from black and white to color. It's going to feel richer. You're going to see the meaning in it. You're going to see the value of it. And everything will become more precious to you. Okay? So take that with you. And I would suggest get the Waking Up app and listen to Sam describe it. He does a better job than I do. And perhaps this will... You know, there, it, <laughs> there's also things that you will experience that you might be glad it's the last time, right? But it, which is wonderful too. You might be grateful. So there will be the time when you go out, you go on your last internet date, your last one. Well, maybe your next one is your last first date or your last internet date. Well, then go there and be present. Go there and really experience all your feelings and everything that goes into it. Right? You might be glad that you'll have your last first date. You might be glad that you'll change your last diaper. Right? So whether whether you're doing something for the last time and you'd be happy if that was the case, or whether you're something for the last time that you might be sad, like I'm never going to hold my son in, in my arms and cradle him and rock him to sleep again. That makes me sad, right? Having that presence during it is, well, it's going to just give you a quantum leap in your life. It's just going to give you a ability to connect and to be present in ways that you really will find it will feel so good in your body to think of this, to just remind yourself, there's no guarantees that I see my family again. There's no guarantees that we'll all get together. Like you might have a family reunion of some kind, right? And it's not that people are going to die, but it might turn out that 20 years from now, you recognize that was the last time that everybody got together in the same place, right? So there's just so many applications of this. You know, there's going to be a last time you drive a car. At some point, someone's going to take your keys away from you. There might be the last time that you're able to take a walk by yourself without a walker, without support, to go walk out in the sunshine. 
right? I mean, that really is going to happen. And we really don't know. So, okay, so I, this has made a huge difference in my life. Um, this might be the last podcast I ever create because I create them in a row. So I think there'll be more. I'm planning on more. But this might be the last time I ever talk to you. I don't know. If it is, I, I hope that I have brought something to your life that has made your life better, that's enriched your life in some way. And I know by you listening, even though I don't know particularly everyone that's listening, of course, I, I, I don't. I hear from many of you, but I, I have no idea who's out there. But we are connecting in some way, aren't we? Right? This is a, it's a weird relationship, but it is one. <laughs> and I appreciate that you're in my life and I'm in yours. All right, so that's this series. That's the quantum insights. We talked about radical responsibility, the human condition, the success formula, body intelligence, sexual polarity, the Enneagram and self-awareness, medicine journeys and what it's like to live beyond ego. And then today from Sam Harris, the last time. And I hope all of these insights, or at least a couple of them, have given you a quantum leap. All right. Have a great week, and we will see you here again next week as we jump into a five-part series called Trigger Warning. And until then, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.